Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 24th of January, the 24th day of 2022, with a phenomenal 323 days ahead of us until 2023. Today in 1839, naturalist Charles Darwin was elected a Fellow of the Royal Society. Today in 1848, laborer James Marshall, while constructing John Sutter's Mill on the bank of the South Fourth American River in Coloma, California, discovered gold. Today in 1908, Lieutenant General Robert Baden-Powell published Scouting for Boys as a manual for self-instruction in outdoor skills and self-improvement. Today in 1913, Franz Kafka stopped working on his picaresque novel America, though it was published in its unfinished form posthumously. Today in 1935, the American Kruger Brewing Company sold the first canned beer, Kruger's Cream Ale. Today in 1950, Jackie Robinson signed the highest contract in Dodger history at the time. Today in 1962, Brian Epstein signed a management contract with the Beatles. Heavenward, this morning early and tomorrow morning early, Spica, the 15th brightest star in our night sky, will be keeping company with our last quarter moon. As a bright star in the constellation Virgo the Maiden, Spica, in western sky lore, represents an ear of wheat in the left hand of Virgo, a goddess of the harvest. Meanwhile, between heaven and earth, the month of January has already seen at least a few of what the old-time down-easters used to call our yearly hundred hostile days. Those would be days with temperatures at least in the single digits below zero, accompanied by winds producing wind chill factors in the double digits below zero. Of course, that's not the sole category comprising the annual hundred hostile days, some which occur in every season, such as those hostile days in the summer, when we occasionally experience 90-degree days having 90% humidity, or days with torrential storms dropping several inches of rain. In other words, a little less than a third of every year we here in Maine face some sort of extreme meteorological challenge. As a wag from Orono once commented, after we had successfully navigated, without crampons, a treacherous stretch of sloped ice masquerading as a driveway during the worst day of the 1994 ice storm, there you have it, Sonny. The difference between us and the other places on the planet is, everywhere else with their tornadoes and hurricanes and volcanic eruptions and such, they get these singular events that knock everyone for a loop whereas we here in Maine have our disasters spread out over the course of the year, leaving us able to pace ourselves. And regarding our non-meteorological disasters, today we have an anniversary of sorts, entering our third year of coping more or less ineffectively with COVID, with our propensity as a species to drift toward disunity whenever possible, playing no small role in the continuation of a disease that appears to be just as preventable today as it did when it first emerged on the cusp of 2019-2020. Many of us are aware that being vaccinated, wearing a mask, physically distancing, isolating those who have been infected, and continuing with additional vaccinations, and vigilantly engaging in all those aspects would rid us of this disease. 
But we certainly are not doing those things in adequate measure. Rather, what makes perfect sense is that our rate of infection from COVID equals our pursuit of activities that promote infection. In short, here on planet COVID, where the principal viral variant of late is Omicron, we continue to provide the virus with all the opportunities it needs to evolve. For when we look at our current 70 million cumulative cases of COVID here in the U.S. since the first reported cases on January 21st, 2020, and divide that by the total cases worldwide of about 343 million, we find that we in the U.S. have so far roughly 20% of the world's cases of COVID, while we are only 4% of the world's population. India, however, is a not-so-distant second, currently having 39 million cases. In third place globally is Brazil with 24 million cases. Fourth place goes to the UK with 16 million cases. And Russia and Turkey, each with 11 million cases, are currently tied for fifth place. On the fatal front, worldwide deaths due to COVID are at 5.7 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are now at 861,000 up at least 14,000 since last week. Not a huge number for some folks. Only 2,000 of our citizens dying per day from the virus. Not a big number, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. Worldwide, 9.6 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Today in 1941, in the Coney Island section of Brooklyn, New York, Neil Diamond was born. He planned to be a doctor, but dropped out of New York University to try songwriting. Although he had difficulty selling his songs, initially he succeeded in performing them himself, and by 1966, he scored his first hit with Solitary Man. Other tunes followed, including Song Sung Blue, I'm a Believer, Another Pleasant Valley Sunday, and You Don't Bring Me Flowers. The last being a song he performed as a duet with Barbara Streisand. The two of them had sung together before, but hadn't known it. Years earlier, they had attended the same high school and had sung in the same choral group, yet neither had noticed the other's musical talent. Today is also the birthday in 1705 of famed Italian castrata soprano Farinelli, born Carlo Boschi. In 1917, of actor Ernest Borgnine. In 1918, of evangelist Oral Roberts. In 1922, of actress Ava Gardner. In 1939, of country singer-songwriter Ray Stevens. In 1939, of actress... 1949, of actress... 1939, of actress Sharon Tate. In 1949, of comedian John Belushi. In 1961, of German actress and model Natasha Kinski. And in 1968, of American gymnast Mary Lou Retton. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the sixth official week of winter.